Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Logan surviving eight rounds <laughs> in a ring with that man is incredible. Welcome back to Watch Time, your weekly download on everything internet culture, gaming. I'm here with Elliot, my brother, business partner, YouTuber extraordinaire, who is looking particularly tired because the new season of Fortnite dropped last night and you were here. It was a big day. It's been it's been a big like four days for me because I had a, a I had a global tournament on for Fortnite that where they had to pick a time that worked for every time zone. And when companies say, "Yeah, we're going to find a time that works for every time zone," it what they mean is Australia. we're going to find a time that works for every time zone except you, Australia. So <laughs> other people had like a little you know they had to get up early in the morning. Some people had to stay up until like you know <laughs> ten eleven p.m. No, Australia, we have to wake up at three a.m. in the goddamn morning and then play from three to five. There's no good way to do something at 3 a.m. You're either staying up obscenely late until 5 a.m., which is too late to stay up, or you're waking up at 3 a.m., which isn't an early morning. No, that is the middle of the night. That is the one time that just does not work. No. 3 to 4 a.m. is like it's, it's too early to be an early morning and it's too late to be a late night. It's just don't let, awful. Don't let anyone ever tell you that being a YouTuber <sighs> is hard. I literally, when I was making, when I made a Instagram story telling people about my plight and how tough it was, I literally found, we have like a, a miniature violin prop downstairs <laughs> and I actually went and I got it and I held it up and I was like, I'm aware of what I am complaining about. The <laughs> fact that I'm playing in a $250,000 tournament to play video games and I'm complaining about it. But look, it wasn't great. And then one of our teammates slept through. We couldn't compete anyway. So I got up at 3 a.m. for nothing, which was not great. It's been a busy week for us as well. But I think the first thing that we want to talk about, the undeniable topic of the week is the fight, the Logan Mayweather fight that happened yesterday. It was really fun, actually. Like, I feel like, undeniably, it's amazing to see that this is how far we've come. Like, from where YouTube boxing fights started to the fact that Logan Paul's now fighting Floyd Mayweather, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And it was really fun. Like, for us, we had everyone in the office come up to our floor and everyone was, like, watching it around the TV and... You know, does that directly have to do with our work? No, but I think it's really cool. It's industry research, market research. Literally, I know. Jack, our producer, was like, hey, guys, I think for the podcast it's really important that we spend $50 to watch the fight. And I was like, honestly, It seems like you're going to (laughs) know. What do you mean? You only had to pay 50? I had to pay 80. Really? Yeah. Was it 50 US? Maybe. Anyway, it was it was a good time. And it was, I think it was it's a very amazing good to see however way you feel about it, it's amazing to see creators and YouTubers really getting like significant mainstream recognition. Like I know it's been that way for a while now. This yeah. isn't like n- anything new, but like it's still a new frontier and I yeah. think that's always cool. Yeah. But what was your what was your read on it? I, I think going into it, 
the only way that Logan Paul could really come out badly and like actually have it as a loss would be if he were to just get absolutely king hit in like the first couple of rounds and just put on his ass and like there's no recovery. Do you think that even would have looked that bad though? Like it's one of the best in the world ever. Nah, but no, it would have looked bad because Logan was like, no, 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 no. I am a real boxer. I am a real boxer. So if you come out and immediately get knocked down, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying not under understandable, but it would have been very much a like sit down little boy kind of, uh, like you're you're in the real, you're in the real leagues now. Exactly. So him going eight rounds, don't get me wrong as much as, I mean, I think if you were to score it, it obviously wasn't a scored match because it was just an exhibition. So the only way there was going to be a winner officially was if someone got knocked out, even though Mayweather, it seems like the consensus is one on points, which I would definitely agree with if it were to be scored. Logan surviving eight rounds in a (laughs) ring with that man is incredible. And you know what's just crazy? You don't realize, like, I'll do boxing with my PT every now and again. And, like, two minutes of punching pads is tiring. I cannot imagine eight three-minute rounds against a literal, like, warrior, like, undefeated. No. And just being stuck in that little square for that long is insane. Absolutely not. You no. won't you won't see me there. I think it was amazing. Like Logan obviously looked huge compared to him. Yeah. But you can dude, see like that guy just didn't look tired. Like Floyd just didn't look tired the whole time. He was just like bouncing around. He just had this like I think, stamina. Yeah, which at like 40, what is he, 43, 44? I think that was very much his strategy. Like going in, you could see like he Tire kind of the puppy dog. Yeah, he kind of like he let Logan just kind of like wear himself out for the first couple of rounds. For the first two rounds, two or three rounds, it was like, oh my God, could Logan actually like knock nah. him down? Like this could actually actually happen. But then after two or three rounds, you just saw the momentum very much shift in the other direction. Mm. I feel like people always want to find a reason to clown on like Logan Paul and like give him shit and, you know, find a reason that whatever he does is like not legit, which is understandable because he's been a bit of a douchebag in the past. I, I haven't seen anyone really clown him for what happened in that fight. You know, like even though objectively, he did lose on points and technically didn't win the fight. Even people who don't like the guy, I think are putting like, like, okay, you survived in a little like square with the greatest boxer of our generation Mm. for 24 minutes. Like that's impressive. Yeah. You know, it's really amazing. And this is a conversation that we were having in the office the other week, just how possible it is to have a PR turnaround and not to always bring it back to like his low point of his career, which I feel like we don't even need to go into the details of. Everyone knows what happened, but like to go from that point where people were like, he is done. Full stop, finito, goodbye, see never, where he is right now and the public perception of where he's at right now. I think it's like pretty amazing. And you contrast that with someone like Dobrik right now, where it's like, can he come back? People are like, legit, can you even come back? If Logan can do that, nothing's impossible. I don't even know how Logan did it. I'm like really trying to think about that right now. I think the podcast helped him a lot. The podcast helped him a lot. I think kind of tapping out of that normal content he was making helped yeah, a lot. He very much, content. yeah, very much just like stepped back from daily vlogging, started doing a podcast, started investing in Pokemon cards. Good. Did you see he came out with, uh, I think it's, is it BGS? Is that the rating? Um, is, Cause it's not PSA, but a BGS 10 Charizard around his neck. Diamond encrusted, no less. Literally though. I love that some people would come out with like a full diamond encrusted chain 
that is worth less than that Pokemon card. Fucked. That Pokemon card, I think, would have to be like a million dollars. Because there's was. PSA 10s, but then this other rating system, EGS, I'm sure I'm getting that wrong, is like there's only two or three that are rated as a 10 in the world under that system. So it's like the rarest thing of in history. I I don't get it. It's like <sighs> funny, but funny because it's like, it's a real fight. And you know, that's what Logan's yeah. like always positioned it as, is it's like it's mainstream and they want to be the biggest entertainer in the world, blah, blah, blah. But like still, it was the biggest 2021 meme internet fight Literally. of all time. Like yeah. Logan coming out wearing a diamond encrusted Charizard and bloody Mayweather coming out wearing an OnlyFans hat. I was just like, where are we? Yeah, like, what is this? We're in a simulation right now. <laughs> we are in a simulation. We've gone too far, all right? Like, you have this me, is too much. It was believable, but you've taken it a little bit too Migos far with this is one. here. What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the real question is going to be, like, is Logan going to do uh, another fight? Will he do, like, a real boxing match? They've found this weird niche mm. of boxing and literally created a weird niche of boxing where it's not real boxing but in many ways it's almost like bigger they're kind yeah. of like not real fights they're like celebrity fights like they're not people who don't know how to beat yeah. each other up but they're also not like real boxing it's weird okay so how did you feel about the post-match interviews though because I thought it was really interesting you know they're interviewing Floyd and I thought Floyd kind of like I don't know he was like oh it was fun it was a fun fight you know he was like it was cute he was better than I expected but he didn't sound like he tried that hard and apparently in exhibition fights you're not even meant to knock someone out he absolutely tried hard and he absolutely would have loved to knock him out nah that I don't buy that for a second really because I yes. thought, don't you think did you listen I thought Floyd was like like, oh, it was fun. It was a good time. I really enjoyed it. I would do it again. Yeah, because like, it's supposed to be the greatest boxer of the generation and he couldn't knock out a 23-year-old YouTuber. Mm. Like, literally, that's like that's like human psychology 101. If something happens and you, like, underperform, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I was just, like, messing around anyway, man. Like, it wasn't even that Oh, you were taking that serious? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Next, I'll, I'll try for real next time. That's literally the vibes he was putting out. Mm. And, and he actually talked about it a lot before, uh, before the fight and I think after the fight where it was like, um, is he concerned about like how this would damage his legacy if he isn't able to like knock Logan Paul out? Like, you know, like, oh, he's the greatest boxer of our generation, but you can't knock out a YouTuber. Um, and he was pretty upfront. He was like, look, like my kids don't eat legacy. Like they eat like money. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, I'm more than happy to train. Like, True words were never spoken. Yeah, I think it was literally his words. My kids don't eat legacy for dinner. <laughs> I was like, fuck. All right. So like, I, I kind of respect it. He was like, he was like, yeah, you know, hundred percent. Like it's definitely going to like not be the biggest move for like my boxing legacy, but like, it's a lot of money, so whatever. It was so funny. Like, the commentators were bloody hilarious throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I thought they were like, this is a big bag event. The bags are very large. Very yeah. big bags tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were also, though, like, I, I actually thought the commentators were a bit biased against Logan for most oh, of the fight. Really? Like they, yeah, they just kept, like, taking little jabs and being like, and being like, oh, what's Logan? But you know what I thought was funny? They kept clowning him for having, for not holding his arms up high enough when he was yeah. getting tired. But I was like, the funny thing is, because... <laughs> Because he's so much taller than Mayweather. He with his hands down is kind of like at, still at the same height as Mayweather's was. Um, pretty impressive how it ended up going. I think that you literally have to give Logan Paul respect for surviving that fight. Mm. Like not many people could survive in a ring for eight rounds. And even think about people like Conor McGregor, right? Like mm. he got absolutely like taken down 
yeah. by Mayweather in a fight, you know, less than two years ago. Yeah. So like it, it very much is like good fighters have been completely destroyed by mm. Mayweather. And granted, don't get me wrong, the height and weight difference was a huge thing. Yeah. Like it's, I'm guessing it's incredibly much harder to knock someone out when your arm is like half their length and you have to jump if you want to hit them. I still find it like how impressive Logan and Jake's careers mm. have been from the time they started to now. Like they've been around a while now and they've iterated on a lot of different versions of themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you agree with them or disagree with them, and I certainly don't agree with them all the time, it's pretty undeniable how impressive they are and how many different things they've been able to sort of toss yeah. their hat into and do well. You might not like him, but God damn, do you need to like, respect him? <laughs> I, you absolutely need to respect them. Yeah. Like that is not easy. Like what yeah, they've done no. is on every level from the time where they were daily vlogging and Jake was doing the team 10 stuff, like not easy. I'm very much like, you know, even if you don't like someone, you still got to like pay respect where respect's due. And respect I think you. they have definitely, uh, definitely earned some respect thousand after percent, that. And thousand like, percent. I want to you know, see what they're doing in like five to 10 years. And you can still think that like, you know, Jake, Paul's an asshole, which you are probably correct in thinking. Um, but like objectively what they've done is crazy. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's actually like a whole other level. You also kind of have to, you know, and this is something I think about a lot as a manager and like in, in my role is these people also living in a completely different version of reality. And I think a mm. lot of people see that with young talent. They're like, oh, they're an asshole. Oh, they're being affected by money or like yeah. look at their lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Like they're not even connected to reality anymore. I'm like, would you be though? Yeah. Like that's so hard. I mean, it is very challenging to be at a young age, to be a 19 year old, 20 year old, anyone at any age and ha come into that level of notoriety and fame and wealth and have that many people praising you and obsessed with you. That's not normal. I don't think yeah. it should be normal necessarily, but you can't expect people in that situation to also behave in a normal way. I think, you know, no you hope that they can keep their head screwed on straight and like have a good moral compass and keep good people around them. But yeah, I think sometimes people make that argument. I'm just like, it's kind of the name of the game. Yeah, no, literally. Okay. So I wanted to tell you something interesting that I saw on TikTok this weekend. I feel like you're going to be really either perplexed or confused by this or interested, but I was scrolling through TikTok this weekend because Everyone knows I'm addicted and you don't even have the app, nor should you download it because you will also become addicted. Suddenly I'm scrolling through TikTok. It's a Saturday morning, nothing to see here, until suddenly I see this creator who's a pretty big creator on TikTok and he's talking about Dispo as an app. And I was like, what the hell? Haven't heard anyone talking about Dispo Which for lately. context was uh, started by David Dobrik and it's basically like an Instagram ripoff, but you... It mimics a disposable camera. It was the app that we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. And it was the app that was originally called David's Disposable. It was rebranded to Dispo. It received massive hype and funding uh, at the start of this year and released to the general public. And within one week, David had the very bad publicity that sort of followed him <laughs> this whole year um, come out and they had a number of major investors pull out of the project. He stepped down from the board and is no longer involved. And I think a lot of people at that point probably thought Dispo was doomed. It was kind of like 
David was the face of it. It yeah. was his app. He was the reason that people were downloading it. He was their main marketing mechanism. And although they definitely hired a great team, it was like, what actually is this app without yeah. David? We had a whole really interesting conversation about what does that mean? What's the risk of investing with creators in that sort of way? And what are the pros and cons that come with it? But as I'm scrolling TikTok, I see this creator and he's promoting Dispo. And I look in the hashtags and sure enough, it's sponsored. Hashtag SP. Hashtag SP. Hashtag Dispo Partner, I Ooh, believe it was. I love how brands are now like- Starting their own ways. hashtags. Yeah, because they're literally like, oh, we don't want to put hashtag sponsored, but how about we put EA Partner or Dispo Partner? You know what I saw, which was the worst example of this the other day, mm. was a girl that had the word hashtag alignment. I was like, babe, come on. Say uh, you were paid. Say you were sponsored. Uh, hashtag alignment. Really? Really? Hashtag align. Oh, I like, remember there was one, on. there was one guy. Don't um, try and pull the wool over your followers eyes. Like yeah, just own it. Just own it. Say yeah. you got a bag for it. Like yeah. good on you. Yeah. I remember there was one guy. Oh, who was it? I, th I think it was Frankie on PC in 1080p. Who's like a YouTuber who doesn't post anymore. But I remember back when I was starting, I'd watch his videos and whenever he did a sponsored thing, he had the cheekiest way of doing it. I think like I might be wrong. I might be wrong on who the channel was. Well, they would. <laughs> they would goes finds his channel. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> like no, no. Um, he would. He would say, um, "All right, guys. Like today, we're going to be playing uh, Battlefield." Now, EA was nice enough to send me a code for the game, so obviously this video is sponsored. Like, would make it seem like they had just sent him a copy of the game. And like, that's why it was, and that, that was the sponsorship part. Not that they sent him a copy of the game and $30,000. Literally. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh guys, like I'm not, but, but that was to be fair, a different era of YouTube. Like, I feel like these days you very much can like own doing sponsorship. For sure. Back in the day, if you did the slightest bit of sponsored post, your entire comment section, sell out, sell out, unsubscribed, yeah. unsubscribed. Like there was stigma around making money from YouTube. Yeah. Everyone anyway, had to be doing it as a pure hobby. Anyway, back to Dispo. They are doing sponsored posts on TikTok. How interesting. Interesting. And would they like to do a sponsored post on my TikTok that I have not <laughs> logged into for quite a while now? Yeah. But the rates are there. Speak to my management. I'm conflicted. I feel like a lot of the time, maybe like I just don't see what other people see. And to be fair, I've gotten this wrong before. Like for example, ironically, when TikTok popped up on our radar like three years ago mm. and they came to click and they're like, yeah, we want to do a bunch of sponsored posts with a bunch of your talent. We're like, cool, awesome. Set it all up. But I was like, I remember doing it and I was like, like, this is a cool app. Like it's good, but isn't this just fine? And Vine failed. So obviously this will fail. Mm. Um, and like when I see Dispo, I'm just like, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What are you bringing that Instagram and all the other picture apps doesn't yeah. already have? And their answer is, oh, well, like, because basically when you take a photo on the app, A, you can't really see the photo you're taking that well. Like it's very, very small. Mm -hmm. And then you actually can't even share or you, the app doesn't give you the photo 
until the next day. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to like take photos. And then when you wake up the next day, you get the photos that you took. And I, I guess their whole pitch around that is like authenticity, live in the moment, that kind of thing. Here's the thing. People love talking about how much they want to be authentic and how much they want to live in the moment and how much, oh my God, Instagram is so bad. It's ruining our lives. No one actually wants to be authentic. Mm. Like people want to talk about being authentic, but they don't actually want to be authentic. You want to do the photo where you've gotten your lighting perfect and you've taken 800 different versions of it, different angles, done your little touch up in your face tune app. That's what people actually want to post. So like people talk a lot about how, oh, Dispo's great because like it lets you live in the moment. People don't want to share unfiltered views of their life. That's why everyone thinks everyone's life is great on social media because- I, I agree and disagree. I think there's an element where I think people do want to be more authentic. And I think there is such a content saturation these days that people are in many ways gravitating towards things that are less filtered and more real. And I think definitely on Instagram- there's been more of a shift away from like the super, super polished to people posting a lot more raw kind of content. Like the photo dump trend is huge right now. Or yeah. people posting a lot of less filtered stuff is a big trend right now. But where I actually am kind of confused on the dispo proposition is the fact that you don't get the photo until 9am the next day. Mm. And I actually feel like authentic or inauthentic Everyone wants instant gratification. That, like, well, so that's I, that, that's actually my biggest I'm going to forget about the photo 9am yeah. tomorrow. Like no, sorry, <laughs> I'll yeah, forget to go back on the app. That's like, my, that's I my, want it now. <laughs> yeah, that's my bigger thing. It's it's not so much the the fact that you can't edit the photo, but it's it's the speed. It's yeah. that it's like that everything about the way social media is going is speed. TikTok is about speed. Short form content is about speed. That's where consumer habits are going. And, and not only that, but people want that instant gratification. They want to be able to make something, put it out there and immediately see that engagement coming back. Yeah. The reason I'm guessing they have that developing time for the photo is so that you can't just take a bunch and then pick the best one and then put it up immediately. Mm. Like you kind of do have to like take it and then wait. And then that's why it's like you're still living in the moment because you're not immediately trying to caption the photo you just took. You're taking just, the photo and dealing with it later. Yeah, and and look, in theory, sounds great. Yeah, that's what but I mean. I just think it's not actually conducive with the way that people work right now. Like we were literally talking about something similar in the office the other day, and we have something that we're something that we have to announce, and it's like we have to announce the thing and then the thing happens. And we were talking the other day about like how far out should we make the announcement from the thing happening. Yeah. And people were like, oh, maybe we should do like a week before and then we'll announce on Monday and then the thing will happen the following Monday. And I was like, people are going to forget. We're going to announce it. No. And then we're going to yeah. have to hype people up and remind them again remember, that the thing's happening. Like I think max 24 hours between announcement and the thing happening. Do you remember Ninja? He was just like live on Mixer. Literally. I'm pretty sure that literally happened. It was just like one day he was just, I'm with Mixer and I'm live in the next 10 minutes. Literally. Yeah. And that's why I think like Dispo, the times that I have used Dispo and the app hasn't been buggy as hell, it's like I've forgotten about the photo that I took and then three weeks later I'll open the app and be like, oh, yeah. I think don't get me wrong. Like, And I want to be wrong. I do want to be wrong. <laughs> I, I love being wrong about, my, about yeah. my app calls. And I'll own the fact I was very, wow, on the scale of wrongness, being wrong about TikTok is a big wrong. That's you a were wrong. big wrong. I was very wrong on that. I think a lot of people were wrong. Yeah. I don't think I was like, I, was, I wasn't I was full like, this is going to fail, but I was like, I was just like, I don't get it. Like if Vine failed, this is going to fail. That was my- I think it was an app 
that we were hearing about during a period where we were hearing about a lot of new social media apps yeah. and a number of them really did flop immediately. Honestly, it's it's it literally just gives me, um, you know, the app that Casey Neistat started. Yeah, PTSD. Being. People keep coming out being like, we're making a true, like authentic yeah. social media. Everyone's always like, oh, cool. Like everyone's yeah. like, great, awesome. Looks and great they, on a PR campaign. And people will talk a lot about how they're like, oh, wow, that's so great what you're doing. I can't wait for your app. It's going to be so good. But then yeah. when it actually gets here, people are like, oh, I don't actually want to be authentic. And, and I think they position the authenticity as their point of difference from other apps. Yeah. In reality, it is a glorified Instagram in many ways. Like the end product being yeah. a photo is the same. I do think TikTok was differentiated in the content format, was different from Snapchat. It was different from Instagram. It was different from YouTube. It was a new format in and of itself wasn't offered elsewhere. Yeah. And and I also think people are just kind of like, same with subscription services. Netflix was great until every company started a Netflix. And now you've got yeah. your Amazon and your Disney and your Netflix and your yeah. Stan, like the, the million different subscription services. I'm starting to get that way with social media. I'm yeah, like, can we, so can we just, can we just pick, can we just pick one? Same way that like, you know, like I don't know people who do Snapchat stories anymore. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's like, well, if I'm going to do like photos and stories, I'm just going to do it all on Instagram. It's just yeah. easier that way. I personally don't, I, I can't see Instagram going anywhere. And and fundamentally, I don't think Dispo, I can't wait to revisit this podcast in two years when Dispo has taken over the globe and we're all living under the, like the giant Dispo corporation. But like uh, for me, Dispo is <laughs> like, I think its biggest flaw is that it's, um, it's whole thing being a disposable <laughs> camera. Its biggest flaw is it's the whole, whole thing. selling point. <laughs> no, but literally like the whole selling point is like, it's a disposable camera type vibe. And that just to me fundamentally limits yeah. what it can do. Instagram. There's a reason the disposable Instagram, camera died. Yeah. Instagram can be like, oh yeah, we got a disposable camera filter. We've yeah. also got a baby face filter and a demon filter and yeah. like whatever the hell you want to do. Like you can do anything and you can share short form yeah. content, stories, posts, news, everything. You want it to look like a disposable camera? No worries. We're yeah, not we going to make you we, wait till 9am. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like, yeah, cool. We can do that. You can also do everything else. Mm. So for me, when I see an app that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're basically like that app, but just like without 99.8% of the features, I'm kind of like, okay, cool. I'm just going to stay with the other app. Yeah. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I commend all these apps that are trying to, you know, do the more like, healthy yeah. thing. I just, I, personally, if I was investing, I don't invest in things that I think are, you know, a nice idea, but not practical. Same way that like when people were asking me about, um, should they invest in Activision Blizzard? I was like, or, you know, how's Activision Blizzard going? And I was saying, uh, I was like, look, in terms of like the company, uh, like the company culture. I think that's really going downhill. I think the quality of their product is slipping, but my God, would I invest in it because they have thrown away so many like morals that once like founded the company and now they're just aggressively in the pursuit of money. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, pretty fucked up. And I guess that's not ethical investing, but it's definitely investing with a mindset of what is going to win. Just don't think Dispo is going to be a winner. Yeah. God funneling money into sponsored posts. I'm just kind of like, I feel like there's a bit of social media exha exhaustion right now, like fatigue. Yeah. I don't know. I literally locked on YouTube last night. I got home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch a YouTube video. Like I haven't watched some YouTube in a while. Mm. I logged on and I was just like, oh, I'm not getting what I want. Like suggested wasn't suggesting me stuff I wanted to watch. Yeah. And then there's just so much. I'm like, I don't even, you know, who uses this, 
the subscription feed anymore. Like I'm, I just. I use my subscription uh, feed. I love that. I, you know what? I actually will full credit YouTube. I go on some great weird tangents. Like every now and again, I'll discover like this channel that breaks down like, uh, like criminal interviews and goes into like the psychology of what's happening in the interview room. Ooh. Went in a big trend of that the other week. And then like, I remember a month or two ago, I randomly stumbled onto a channel that exclusively breaks down medieval battle formations and how they played out minute by minute with like moving these units around on this like thing and explaining how like the strategies in these like Alexander the Great campaigns worked. And I watched every one of these videos for like 30 hours and it was like a great tangent. Anyway, long story short, everyone's getting ADHD. We don't need another app. Personally, I would not put my money in this. Did you see that um, thing that was going around that was talking about how many Gen Zers now watch Netflix with captions on? Yeah. Because of that? Wait. Are you a captions on person? Yeah, but that's not ADHD. I just like, I don't, it's just easier. Apparently a lot of Gen Z is watching stuff with captions on because it actually helps them like stay gripped to the content more because there's something you to like read along with the video. Oh. And everyone's watching Netflix while still having a phone in their hand and scrolling Instagram or TikTok at the same time. I've always, I'm definitely ADHD on content. Yeah. ADHD in general. I see a shiny thing. I chase it. Let's Next topic. On. Are we talking about the Battlefield yeah. thing? So new Battlefield game coming out and uh, it uh, it raised uh, an interesting topic for me that I mentioned to Grace and Grace thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd share it with you guys, um, which is, uh, and, and you, it's interesting, I think, because it applies to so many things in the gaming industry, especially around gaming. And honestly, probably in a lot of different industries. Um, but long story short, I remember I've been, I always know, this is a thing like me as an industry person who is like very much in that industry, making videos, speaking to the companies who are making these games. It's something I've always thought was really funny. Um, but it, it, and I know it happened with like a lot of Overwatch channels, Battlefield, pretty much every game out there. You have a lot of YouTubers who cover a certain game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the content that a lot of people do is like, you know, speculation videos. Like, oh, what's the next Battlefield going to be? Like, oh, this leak came out. Does it look legit? Oh, could be legit. Might not le- Might not be legit. I don't know. When a game is very, 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 very far off release, fully understand the, uh, like, the reasoning behind people kind of doing those big speculation videos. But something I've always thought was really funny, and it's happened with so many games that I've covered. You know, for example, I flew to um, Stockholm to play Battlefield uh, Battlefront 2 early. And I remember we were over there, we were like trying the game. I think it was literally before they'd even like fully announced it or they'd shown any gameplay or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we literally were there, we were playing the game. It was super fun. I had a bunch of other, not going to name any names, but just a bunch of other YouTubers there. And then... I was like, oh, great trip, go home. And then, you know, the content I was getting out was just, it was just relationship building. When the game comes out, I was keen to play. And then I opened my YouTube and I see half the people who I went to this thing with where we were playing an unreleased game that's not announced that they very much are not allowed to like even say they were on the trip. You literally couldn't even post a photo of being in Stockholm, (laughs) I'm pretty sure. And then they were like coming out and they were like making videos on like potential leaks about the game that had come out being like, oh, you know, they're saying that there's going to be like this feature and this gun will be in the game. (laughs) And this, they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I I mean, it might be credible. It might not be. And then they'd like, or they make like a big prediction. Be like, oh, you know what? I reckon they're going to have like this item in the game. And then like, I don't know, guys, tell me what you reckon down. And you're like, and I'm dude, like, 
Shut oh, wait, the mate, fuck up. I know, I know you know. I know that you know if that leak is true or not true. I know you know exactly what's going on. <laughs> it happens with Battlefield as well, where like I'll go to one of these events and like I know what the next Battlefield game is like, you know, months ahead of its announcement. And like the same as a lot of these other YouTubers. And then I see them making Battlefield like speculation videos being like, oh, you know, guys, like my personal personal call is it's going to be a World War II game. I'm like, mate, we were there two weeks ago <laughs> and you know that it's set in 2030. By the way, that is like I'm fully making up random things here. I'm not actually talking about a real game. Um, but yeah, they'd come out and be like, yep, I reckon gonna be a world war two one for the next battlefield and i'm like john you and i literally were flying apache helicopters a week ago and they were <laughs> not around in world war two and like it's just so funny because you're not you know that like that speculation content gets views and it's, yeah and it's a weird dynamic because it's, it's not kind a of genuine like, speculation yeah because it's kind of like oh what like you can't like because you're not allowed to say that you know so if a leak comes out you obviously have to cover it but you can't cover it in a way that's like, yes, this leak is true. Because then you're saying that you know. Yeah. So you kind of do have to keep this weird, like, ambiguity around it. But I think, yeah, like, the, the ones where you cover leaks and kind of are just speculating, I think they're, they're like, you know, they're, they're debatable. But the one or two I've seen where they're like, I reckon it's going to be a World War II game. And I'm like, mate, I factually know that you know that it's not a World War II game. <laughs> and they just still try to speculate. I'm like, those ones I find really funny. That anyway. is funny. There's only specific games that that happens happens with where that kind of thing happens like you know obviously Fortnite. that's not the case no one knows what's happening on yeah. Fortnite new seasons before they happen. no Fortnite. no Fortnite is the one game that like pretty much every every company i've ever worked with you know when it was um you know like a, another thing that happened with it was like overwatch like me and a lot mm -hmm. of youtubers after e3 would go visit the Blizzard offices up in Anaheim and like we'd play unreleased heroes and unreleased maps and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Super fun, really cool. Like great way to like meet the developer team. Half of them would go home and make these like, oh, what will the next hero be? Speculation videos. And it's it's very, very funny. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting how games approach their releases and how they work with creators to do it. Like yeah. uh, I, you see some really some really amazing ones. I mean, for me, probably the most memorable was honestly the um, release of Apex. I think yeah. they just did such an incredible job of that release. Like whether or not you love the game, the release was absolutely like coordinated like nothing Perfectly. else I've ever yeah. seen. It was amazing. And like for those of you that maybe don't remember, give you a little bit of insight. We knew about that game happening before it did release because they released with a huge coordinated influencer yeah, campaign. I can't believe it and didn't leak It didn't leak ahead. at all. It, and well, it did. It, there, were, there were strong rumours about 12 to 24 hours before the announcement. I mean, but like that's nothing, amazing. But nothing solid. Weeks before we, you know, it, everything LA. was spoken about with a code name as well. Yeah. Like for the longest time, uh, even though you knew what you were taking part in as far as a campaign, you didn't even know what the game was actually called. It was yeah. it was using a code name. Yeah. And it I had remember some dope code name too. It was like Project Phoenix. Yeah. And you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and and I remember like it was actually really interesting um working on that campaign because obviously brands and game developers and that sort of thing come to us all the time saying, like, hey, would you have creators that want to play this game? And and 
a really important factor in if the creator wants to play the game is knowing what that game is or knowing what it's like. And I remember with this, they were keeping it so under wraps that like no one knew anything about it. And I think it was sort of like, oh, it's a AAA developer. It's going to be really yeah, good. And they I remember I was so dodgy it. on it. Yeah, they wouldn't even commit to it being a battle royale or anything. Yeah. They were just like, no, trust us. Yeah, They'll yeah. Play literally, it. literally. I think it was like we had to get on a call and the guy was like, dude, like, we, we can't say, but like trust. And I was like, oh, I'm going to regret this. And then I flew over there and I was like, this game is. A bunch of you guys flew to LA to play it pre-release and record some gameplay footage. And then I thought it was amazing. They just were so specific on the time that they wanted everyone to start streaming live. That was yeah. a huge part for them. And I remember at the time, to be honest, it was kind of a pain in the ass. Like obviously similar thing to what you were touching on before when you're trying to coordinate a worldwide yeah. campaign and have a bunch of people at an event at the same time, someone's always going to lose out on the time zone. And I'm pretty sure it was a similar thing where yeah. it was like, you guys all had to go live at like three o'clock in the morning or something yeah. crazy. And we were trying to change it. And like most campaigns, people will provide a little bit of flexibility and they'll be like, oh, we recognize it's 3am in Australia. Like you yeah. can go live a few hours yeah. later. This one, they were like, no, it this is, time. it has to be yeah. this time. And we were like, and we didn't know what else was going on on the other side of the world. And then suddenly it was like that time everyone's going live and everyone yeah. was live. Like every major streamer in the world was playing Apex um, all at the same time. Like you couldn't avoid it if you were yeah. on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. And I thought like that was really, really artfully executed. Yeah. Very well done. The new Battlefield release trailer is coming out in a day or two now. Really? Actually. Do you want very... to speculate on any of oh, the... What I do you reckon? reckon? I'm, I reckon it's going to be set in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, guys, we will leave it and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.